Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Luke, chapter 24. Here's Pastor Ryan. And it's no accident that it's, it's they that will see him first. It's no accident because God rewards faithfulness throughout all the New Testament. Time and again, be faithful to the Lord. Serve the Lord. Pastors preach it. Pastors teach it. Christians preach it, teach it, encourage it. Do something for the Lord. Because he watches and he sees, like, he's an equal opportunity God, but he sees those who, aren't, who don't want to do nothing. And he just, it's between you and God, if, if that's you. But, but whoever wants to, to serve him, he rewards that faithfulness. You might be thinking to yourself, well, what can I do? What can I do? I serve God by being a good father, a good husband, a good... The world, that's how... They do the same things. We have to do something different. We do those things. Yes, those are good, but there's more to do. Join the prayer team. Help out in children's ministry. Help out in your church. What are the needs? Ask the leadership. Don't ask what you can do, what your country can do for you. Ask what your country, what you can do for your country. It's the same concept, but in, in, in the Christian concept, it's the same thing. Don't ask what your church can do for you. Ask the other church up the street what they can do for you. We want folks that say, what can we do for the church here? What is needed? That's Christian servanthood. The women had this servanthood, and they're the ones who were blessed. They were rewarded for their faithfulness. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Then they went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men stood by them in shiny garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise again. They were perplexed. They're the angels and the one spoke. What did he say? Why do you uh, seek the living amongst the dead? Oh, this statement moves me. Why do you seek the living amongst the dead? Jesus isn't amongst the dead. He's amongst the living. He, he is risen. He is alive. He's not in the tomb. His body's not cold and there and sealed up in the tomb, motionless. Jesus is on the move. I love that part in Narnia, C.S. Lewis and, and Aslan the lion, you know, and, and the one thing they said often in, in, that, sto in that fictional story, but it was trying to teach kids about biblical principles and Aslan kind of represents the Lord and, and they would say often Aslan is on the move. Jesus is on the move today. He's not in the tomb no more. 
He's not in there. He's gone. And I think many Christians are sitting around motionless as if they're in the tomb. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. And I wonder how many of us have just given over to this motionless Christianity. No longer are we running towards Jesus in the mornings in our devotions. We've, we've, we, we, we don't run to Jesus in the mornings and seek him. I'm preaching to the choir. I'm preaching to myself. I'm convicted. Oh my goodness, Lord. How easy. We can become motionless and complacent and no longer enthused about seeking God early for directions and for understanding, for cleansing. We're not running to him and in motion saying, Lord, what is thy will for my life? Just kind of going about things religiously, lethargic, maybe lazy, complacent, self-seeking perhaps, self-preserving, or maybe just bored. Christianity's boring. No, it's not. You see, Jesus isn't the problem. The church isn't the problem. When we stand before him, it's going to be all, of, all about what we did for Jesus. And everybody wants Jesus to do for him. But what does he require of us? What does he require of us? Well, he doesn't want me to act like I'm dead. Because I ain't dead. You have a, yep, we're all here. <laughs> Pulse? Then Move. Move at the level that you're at. If you're very old, move a little slower, but yet move. Pray for us. Be here. Get a ride. We're, here. We're family. We should all help each other to get here to get the word. We should all help each other to get here to minister to one another. The ministry's right here. Right here. The world will see Jesus sent us and he will send them our way. Why do you seek the living among the dead? In John 7, we read about Jesus standing up at that last uh, great day of the feast saying, crying out to the people, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Literally torrents. Torrents. Water's powerful. Powerful. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But Jesus has been glorified today. He was glorified. He came from the tomb and he's about to pour out his Holy Spirit upon the church. And he has poured out his spirit upon our church. But if anyone is thirsty, if anyone is slow of moving or slow of heart or slow of discernment, slow of understanding, slow in love, slow in enthusiasm, slow in zealousness, then you're thirsty. Go to him. If you draw near to Jesus, he will change you. He will give your and my weak body supernatural strength to get up and get a step in, to move. 
Jesus would say in Luke 11, verse 13, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Jesus says we have not because we ask not. The life of a Christian is this constant dependency on God, this constant, I need your Holy Spirit, I don't have the strength. I need your Holy Spirit, my body is weak, but, my, but the Spirit is willing, I'm going to help me. And the Lord will speak to your heart. These are the changes you have to make. He doesn't say these are the changes that everybody else around you has to make. He says these are the changes individually. When we pray, what we have to do, in spite of our family, friends, or whoever, we have to do what God tells us to do. And usually with me, it's a lot of changing of attitude, of thought, of sin. That's my prayer life. Constant cleanse me, Lord. Take this from me. Change me to be more like you. You see, there are those who say that they're the exception to the rule. But Romans 3, Paul would say, let God be true and every man a liar. If you're the exception of the rule, or if I'm the exception of the rule, then we got to take this and throw it away. Because this says you're not an exception to the rule. He goes around to all of his people and he says, what are you doing? And why aren't you doing it? And many are like the, the man at the pool of Bethesda. When Jesus said, do you want to get up and be made well? And the guy says, I have no one to help me. The Son of God is there to help you. And Jesus is saying, do you want to be made well? And until he is enough, because only he rose from the dead. And you know, I didn't rise from the dead. You didn't rise from the dead. You know, he rose for you. So until he is enough, until we can separate, until he can just say, you know what? Because what does he say? If you love family even more than me, you're not worthy to enter the kingdom of, of God. Like, there has to be a complete, I belong to him. I hope my family comes. If they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. If they don't, I'm going to pray for them. But I have to do what I have to do. If no one comes with me, still I will follow, as the song says. But there are no exceptions to the rules. There's just excuses. There's just disobedience. If we were all at the tomb that day, and Jesus showed up, resurrected, and said, what's up? All of us probably turn off our phones and follow him. Forever. Forever. It, sh it shouldn't be different today. He's a good God. He says, if you are willing to sacrifice for me, family, houses, lands, you're going to receive that and so much more both in this life and in the next. I have the prettiest wife in the world. Beautiful kids, beautiful home. And I was in the gutter. I hung out with hypes when I was 14, 15 years old in Almani. At a place called the Peck Projects. And now look at me. It's because of what God can do. Peter, the big fisherman, very big. Second Peter chapter 1, 
He says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been which we have been given or has given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust i mean peter says it all you have all that you need in him his divine nature everything you need for life and godliness that's why we can't say uh you know everyone needs a break everyone needs a vacation i'm not talking about like god wants us to like 24 7 you know handing out gospel tracts i mean he told the disciples get away let's rest i'm talking about those who just rest for a living i wouldn't laugh at them i might want to but i wouldn't laugh <laughs> we got a lot to cover and we just started and they remembered his words then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest it was mary magdalene joanna mary the mother of james and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles and their words seemed to them like idle tales and they did not believe them but peter rose and ran to the tomb and stooping down he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves then he departed marveling to himself at what had happened we know that john tells us in his gospel that it was peter and john that ran to the tomb and and john outran peter he let us know that he's a faster dude than him and peter went in though ducked down really low as a big dude and didn't hit his head he just was able to go in there and see that jesus was not there a quick timeline because I think it's important and it's helpful, uh, is this. One, first, an angel rolled away the stone uh, before sunrise. Okay, an angel rolled away the stone. Secondly, the women who followed Jesus, as we spoke of them, visited uh, the tomb and discovered him missing. Thirdly, Peter and John visit the tomb. Fourthly, Mary Magdalene, after telling uh, the disciples that his body was missing she went back returned to the tomb and then jesus appears to her alone at the garden that is, that is his first appearance to mary magdalene who had who was possessed by seven demons what is christianity is it the you, you know folks that that uh are self-righteous Ministers that are self-righteous. Oh, Christianity is about broken sinners that Christ has saved. Amen. And he didn't, in all of his divine wisdom, say, now, who is the best-looking Christian? Who is the best-looking person? Who is the, the person with the, with the smaller rap sheet? No, he picked the one with the seven demons. And she saw him first. He who's forgiven much still loves much. And God rewards those who love him. Everyone, the Bible says, all men will proclaim their own goodness. But who can find a faithful man? Everyone says they love the Lord. Come on. It looks like this. 
Fifthly, Jesus appears to the other women, Mary, uh, Mother James, Salome, and Joanna. That was the second appearance was to the other women. And then the third appearance was, was Peter. Paul the Apostle would write about it in 1 Corinthians 15, that Cephas, Peter, saw him third. He's the first guy to see him. Verse 19, uh, here are the, or verse 13, here are the, the fourth uh, appearance of the Lord. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day uh, to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And so for some reason they could not recognize that it was the Lord. Perhaps it was the scarring or who knows? I don't know. You know, and, and he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and are sad? The one thing in common in all of the gospels is that everyone prior to seeing Jesus resurrected was completely and utterly devastatingly sad. They were depressed. All their hopes had died with Jesus on the cross. As long as we're in this body, as long as we're in these bodies of death, Paul calls them, they're bodies of death. All of creation groans for the redemption of the Lord. Even our pets are tired. Everyone's tired. Whenever I see my dog stretch and yawn and my cat, I mean, they look terrible some days. <laughs> Even creation is telling me, this is, something ain't right. So our bodies, as long as we're in these bodies, we're going to face sadness and depression and worry for no reason. Just because we're in this world and it ain't heaven. We're going to fit for no, it can be reasons, but it can be no reasons. Just for free. Don't ever think there's something wrong with you. It's called normal. It's called you're not in heaven. If, if God wanted all of us to feel fantastic every day, we'd be in heaven. It's hard here. I get it. But don't let the devil or any doctor tell you that you're the exception to the rule. You're not the exception to the rule. Paul said, who can save me from this body of death? The things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. Who can save me? He goes, I thank God Jesus can. Jesus can. That's who. So if you have a bad day, take a nap. Relax. Get some food. Get some food, take a nap, and when you have a little strength, take that little strength and go pray. And then start getting busy about the Lord's business the next day. Though tears endure for a night, joy cometh in the morning. They were sad. Then the one whose name was Cleopas uh, answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem, and have you not known the things which happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? 
And so they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to, to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. That's a powerful line. He was amazing, this Jesus, as they're telling Jesus, but they don't know that they're telling Jesus. He was mighty, and we thought he was the one that was going to redeem Israel. They thought that he, he would rescue them from their Roman oppressors, the Roman iron fist that was upon them. And that's the mentality of so many in the world. God forbid that it's in the mentality of some in the church. You see, I, I, I gave church a chance. I gave the Bible a chance. I gave prayer a chance. I even gave up a vice or two. I, I, I gave it a chance because I was hoping that God would fix my life. But I didn't get the job. The relationship I wanted is gone south. Nothing's working for me. My loved one has passed away. He didn't answer my prayer. That's how some people are. Because they don't really grasp why Christ came. God cares about all of our problems. He does. He's a loving God. But a doctor must deal with, with, the, with the, the most important problem. And the most important problem for every person is the sin of self-worship. He came to die for our sins. Everything else comes in its time. But if, if you do not feel that your greatest need has been that Christ forgive you for your sins, I'm praying for you because you're in trouble. He did not come to be Santa Claus and to fix everything in your life. He came to fix you. And, you, and, you and, I, and I pray that you get to the place where you acknowledge that you're nothing without him, that you are, are, are disgusting without him, that you're not good without him, that you might come to him and receive his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy. And then you'll follow him to the ends of the earth because it isn't about stuff. We all have loved ones. We all have people that we wish didn't pass on. We all have jobs we wish we would have gotten. But do we ever thank him for the fact that we even had people in our lives to begin with? If it wasn't for God pouring his grace out upon the wicked, we would have never tasted those good things in life. Even the wicked enjoy things, but they don't thank them. Christianity only works if you understand your biggest problem is you need Jesus to cleanse you. And then, like the song we sang, I, I didn't come for your blessings. You don't owe me anything. You don't owe me, you don't owe me anything because you've already done everything at the cross. And God has blessed me with a beautiful wife and a home, beautiful family, beautiful church, ministry. He, has ble he blesses. But the priority first had to be God in my life. God before my wife.
God before my kids. God before everything. Then he starts blessing. In his time. It took a long time. You have a building. That's a church. You know what a miracle that is? I always say that. Do I know what a miracle it is? He's given us a church. In today's market. Don't worry, it's not under Ryan Hussein. <laughs> it's under Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. It's yours. It's ours. But we were hoping, verse 21, that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, beside all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Yes, and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you'd like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.